What is up? What is up? Welcome to another episode of Blood and Beer, the show where we drink beer and we talk blood sport. I'm your host, Matt, and you know what it is. We're drinking beer. We're talking blood. Um, we got a couple of, couple of MMA, bare-knuckle fighting, uh, boxing matches that happened this weekend, so we got a lot to talk about today, and then we'll do a rundown of the news at the end. Um, but, yeah, so... As always, we have a different beer for this episode. Today's beer is going to be Wander Insane Wanderer, another Columbus Brewing Company. I've never seen this one before. This one was in a gas station that I came across while scurrying around town the other day. And, new thing, we've got a mug. This one is one of the draft glasses from... A bar, so we'll get two beers in this and see how it looks. I don't know if this will hold two beers. We'll see. Doesn't look like it though. Probably a 16 ounce mug. Yeah. Alright, I got way too much foam in it. Um, this one's a little clearer than the last. They're all like an amberish orange color, but. Again, I'm colorblind, so who knows what I'm talking about when it comes to color. Um, we'll take a sip of that in a sec, let the foam die down. Throw some of that foam out of that bitch. Alright, um, yeah, so we'll go ahead and, well, we did the we did the broad spectrum of it. So we'll just try it, foam on top and all, give it a... Give it a thumbs up, thumbs down. I'll even give it a number score today. I don't know. Tastes kind of light. Like a lighter IPA. Is it an IPA? Yep, it's an IPA. Volume X is what it is. And 7.4%. So we're approaching that blackout brew range. But not quite there yet. Go ahead and top off my glass. And then we'll go ahead and get started. Eagle FC. Um, it's a lot more interesting when they fight in the U.S. And you know some of the people that are fighting in it. Um... You know, getting being able to rally around those hometown names. Not that this fight card wasn't awesome. Well, awesome's a pretty strong use of that word. Um, this card was okay. A lot of competitive fights. Um, just not the most entertaining as far as style matchups and the way that these guys fight. Um, they have a lot of talent over there. But it was just kind of, everything was just... I don't know. Nothing special stood out. Um, one thing that did kind of stand out was the main event on that card. Um, what's his name? Razul Magomedov versus... I'm going to have to look at this one because he's got a rough name. Abdurakman Gidenavasov. Abdurakman Gidenavasov. Uh, they're friends, former training partners, and Gidenavasov stepped in last moment to uh, challenge for the title or the interim title because Razul Magomedov's first opponent uh, got injured, had to pull out at the last second. 
or maybe he wasn't injured. He might, who knows what's going on with the guy, but his friend ended up stepping in to take the take the fight. And in the matchup, Gidanovasov did a lot more damage, I thought. He was pressuring Razul Magomedov. Um, he, he was getting the takedowns. He was doing more work, more damage. And, you know, by the end of it, I thought it was four rounds to one, maybe five to nothing. All, th- all three judges gave it to Magomedov, I think. Or it was a split decision, maybe, for Magomedov. Total bullshit. Um, he definitely didn't win it. So... I wonder if Magomedov's training with Khabib or uh, who knows. Combat sports are crooked just like every other sport. But that's all I really got to say about Eagle FC today. Um, just because there wasn't a lot of names who are going to be able to pronounce or anyone know who the hell they are. But they're coming back in March. Diego Sanchez versus Kevin Lee. And I think Ray Borg might be on that card too. I'm not sure. Um, but that'll be super interesting to see. So March, I think... I think it's close to the end of March, like March 25th, but I'll get you more info on that in a later episode. Now on to UFC Fight Night 201, Jamal Hill versus Johnny Walker. Prelims started out, and they're pretty awesome. We're not going to talk about all the prelims because we got a lot to talk about on this show. I'm trying to cut down our time a little bit. I didn't give you guys a rating on this beer, by the way. It's light, really drinkable, not a ton of flavor. Um, we'll give it a 6.5. Six, 6.3. Six, six, is the beer score. I'm just writing this down in case we need to go back and reference what my highest scores are someday. Someday. Yeah, but UFC Fight Night 201 prelims were pretty friggin' awesome. Some back and forth affairs, a lot of stoppages. So we'll jump right into that. Um, first one, let's see who I got here. Oh, Chad Ann Hellinger versus Jesse Strader. It was a real back and forth competitive fight. Uh, rounds one and two, Strader, while it was a competitive fight, Strader was out edging Ann Hellinger. Um, just looked a little more crisp, was more more poised, had more control time, I think, and he was landing better shots. Um, going into the third round, Ann Hellinger's down two, two to nine. He goes out there and back and forth, back and forth, lands a strong left hand, puts puts straighter down, and then finishes him off with some ground and pound, I think it was. Um, he looked, Ann Hellinger, he showed the heart of a warrior. He, he went out there and did what he needed to do to get that win. I think he was on a nine-fight winning streak coming into that. Now he's on a ten-fight winning streak. Dude is uh, dude's legit out of Canada. He's a tough fighter. So, hell yeah, Ann Hellinger. That was quite a, quite a come back. All right. And then... Chaz, Chaz Skelly, um, he came he came back after a couple years off. I think two years off. The guy's nineteen and three. He's a beast. Um, he's just been plagued by injuries his whole career. He fought Mark Striegel, I think it was. Yeah, Mark Striegel. And round one was a lot of a, a lot of clinch. I think uh, 
I think Skelly got a takedown and had some ground control. Was doing some damage from up there. It was pretty close round, but you give it to Skelly because of control um, and the takedown, of course. Round two, um, more of the same. Not a takedown, but clinch, and then it breaks. Skelly lands a nice little combo, and Striegel, I don't know if he was going in for a takedown or faking a takedown, but Skelly just nailed him with a knee right right on the dome, puts him down, finishes him off with some ground and pound, and as Keith Peterson's going in to stop it, he gets caught with a hook too. Um, no flinch by Peterson, no nonsense by the man, but he didn't even flinch when he got cracked. So that was pretty cool to see. Um, I'm sure Dominic Cruz, who is not a big fan of Keith Peterson because he stopped the Henry Cejudo fight, I'm sure that he was happy to see that punch, but I'm sure he was not happy to see the chin of Keith Peterson because Peterson might give you some troubles, Dom. Call them cigarettes and beer. Give them a chin of a, a chin of a lion. All right, and then this one was Ronda Rousey esque. The commentary team kind of alluded to it. Um, Stephanie Egger versus Jessica Rose Clark. Is that her name? Yeah, Rose Clark. Um, started off a clinch war for better part of the first two minutes of the fight. And then uh, Egger gets a takedown. It was a judo throw. She hip-tossed her over top of her. And then she puts her in like a scarf hold, and it was super tight. And then lets it go. And like how Ronda Rousey used to do after her judo throws, she just stepped over and dropped in the arm bar. Got the finish. I mean, super dominant on the ground. It was close in the stand-up. Jessica Rose Clark, she's a beast in the uh, a beast in the clinch. That's how she's won a lot of her fights. But this one was all this one was all Egger. She she showed her showed her shit on the ground. After up, after up bad, damn near broke her arm. So hell yeah, Egger. And then gotta get these names right. David Onama. Versus Gabriel Benitez. Um, I mean, it was... Go watch this. It's on my Facebook page. Not mine personally, but on Blood and Beer Combat Sports uh, Facebook page. The replay of this. Onama lands like a 11 to 15 piece combo where he just sleeps him. I mean, people, are, people thought that dude was really hurt. I thought he was really hurt. I mean, he got... He was out before he hit the ground and took a couple more punches on his way down. It was it was a beautiful combination. Onama's the real deal. Um, he lost his debut because he it was short notice. He took a step up in weight on short notice, so that's always tough. Um, but yeah, hell of a showing by Onama. He really uh, really put it to him, fucked him up. I mean, I don't know how he didn't. If I didn't check who got the bonuses. I should have probably, but he should definitely get a fifty thousand dollar bonus for that knockout. That's, I mean, that's what a knockout of the year contenders. I I don't know if it's the knockout of the year, but, whew, that was a tough one. I mean, that was a clean, clean combination. Clean as day, baby. Clear as day, I think, is the right phrase, but it's okay.
sorry. Again, I'm sorry. Last time, I'm sorry. Um, so moving on to the main card, we got Joaquin Buckley versus Abdul Razak Al Hassan, and this fight was a war. I mean, both gentlemen just showed up to fight. Buckley's landing combinations. Al 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 Hassan, sorry, he's a uh, he's got the power shots. He's got the judo throws. He's looking good out there. It was back and forth the whole time. Round two, Buckley definitely secured it, and rounds one and three were super close. Um, goes to the judges' scorecards, and they gave it to Buckley. I thought it could go either way, but neither way would really be a robbery. Both guys looked super good. Um, it, I mean, Al Hassan, he doesn't have the best UFC record, but he's improving with each fight. He's got some nasty knockouts in his in his resume, um, some just rough losses where he just got kind of dominated. But he's he's coming on. Joaquin Buckley showing that he's a true mixed martial artist. He's got it in the wrestling, the striking. Um, you don't see a lot of jiu-jitsu out of him, but not all guys have that. Um, I'm sure he knows his stuff. He just doesn't. He's not an ace at it. The cool thing about this fight was Dale Brown, Dust, Detroit Urban Survival Training founder was his cornerman, and that was friggin' awesome. Um, the guy just, Joaquin could not have won without Dust. I mean, have you seen the dude's videos on TikTok? He, he can stop someone from shooting you in the face like that, supposedly. I don't know. It's awesome, though, that you bring a, a meme like that on to your corner team. That's a great way to sell the fight. Um, people that don't even watch UFC probably tuned in just to see that because it's like, you know, this TikTok star, whatever, YouTube star is on in the corner. So um, that was smart by Buckley because Buckley even said in the post-fight uh, presser, you know, UFC didn't start marketing it until I brought Dale Brown on and then it started getting marketed right. And that was that was a smart move by Joaquin bringing on, bringing on a celebrity. Or a internet celebrity. Alright. Parker Porter got a unanimous decision over Alan Bodo. 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 He's out of MMA Factory, same place that uh, Francis Ngannou stems from and Cyril Gon trains out of. Um, not a lot to say about the fight. Parker Porter showed his experience and did what he needed to to get that win um yeah not not a lot to say what i do have something to say about jim miller my man with lyme disease my man that's almost 40 or is 40 my man with the most ufc fights of all time 39 at the moment pushing 40 I mean, imagine 40 UFC fights with Lyme disease. It's insane. The man's a madman. Well, he's a jiu-jitsu ace, everyone knows. Um, in his first 37 UFC fights, I think he had one knockout. Well, in his last fight before this one, he knocked the dude out one shot. This fight, he's fighting another UFC newcomer just like last time. 
puts him out one fucking shot. Jim Miller, A-10. Call him Gauge 10 because he's like a 10-gauge shotgun. If you know what that is, it kicks like a motherfucker, and they don't really make him anymore. Um, Yeah, Jim Miller. Wow. Uh, Dude's the ultimate gatekeeper. He's now got the most fights in the UFC, uh, tied for most wins with Donald Cerrone. His next fight against another person that probably doesn't have any fights in the UFC will put him above Donald Cerrone unless Cerrone beats Joe Lauzon. But goddamn, Jim Miller with Lyme disease, with age, with everything, he just changes his game up, decides to be a knockout artist now who's never been knocking people out ever before. It's awesome to see. I mean, go Jim Miller. I want to see more of this because it's so awesome to see these vets knocking out these young guys. Ultimate gatekeeper. Kind of a, not him a douche, just like a douchey position to be put into. Um, everybody that comes off Dana White Contender Series or their first fight in the UFC, they get, oh, I got Jim Miller. I just don't go to the ground with him. I'm good. No, you're getting knocked the fuck out by Jim Miller. The Brazilian jiu-jitsu ace that has hardly any knockouts is going to knock you out, motherfucker, because you're near to the UFC, and that's what he does. All right. That's all I got to say about Jim Miller other than this. All right. On to the co-main event for the UFC fight. Still got a lot to go on this show, boys and girls. Anyone listening? Uh, Jamie Pickett takes on Kyle Dawkins. Jamie Pickett's a late replacement for Julian Marquez. Um, it was a catchweight 195. And Pickett's explosive. He's good. He came in with a black eye. So I knew he'd been training, but he probably hadn't been like on it, on it. And Dawkins has been in fight camp. Goodness gracious, I apologize. That was a nasty one. Alright, yeah. Kyle Dock has been in fight camp. He's been ready for it. Um, He goes out there, he outstrikes Pickett, and then he gets the takedown. And with no time left, literally as the bell's ringing, Pickett taps in a Darce choke. Great submission by Kyle Dawkins. If Pickett could have held on for another second, it's a different story. But I get it also because you panic when you're getting choked. I mean, and when that bell ring or the goes off when uh, there's 10 seconds left and you're getting choked and you're like, oh, I'm about to go out, that 10 seconds probably feels like 10 minutes. I mean, so no fault to Pickett. He's a beast still. Um, Kyle Dawkins put it on him, did what he needed to. He's a true pro. He's going to be a problem for, for the division. I think he's a, he's a middleweight, Adesanya's weight class. He'd probably be a pretty rough matchup for Adesanya because Adesanya can stuff takedowns against the cage and everything and in the middle of the ring, but nobody really runs through their takedowns like Dawkins does. At least not in that division. There's not a lot of heavy wrestlers. Dawkins, if you watch him against Pickett, he runs through him like he's tackling some, like he's a linebacker tackling a running back. He runs through him. Um, looked 
Doc has looked awesome. He's not there yet, not ready for Izzy. But he he's coming to his own, and he'll be there soon enough. He'll be top 10, top 5. Maybe not champion, but he'll be challenging for that number one contender spot soon, I imagine. Keep that in mind. Episode 9, Matt called that shit on blood and beer. Cal Doc is challenging for the number one contender spot. All right. Main event, Johnny Walker versus Jamal Hill. Not a lot to talk about. It was a three-minute fight. Johnny Walker landed a lot of shots early, like 12. Um, And then Jamal Hill puts him out cold. It was simple as that. Um, He landed a shot that it looked like it threw off his equilibrium and put him to sleep. Because he was down like this and then went up and then fell. My father-in-law thought it was a flop. I don't know. Had the whole family here. They just walked in and it was the main event. Um, so it was good timing for them to show up to see that. they were pl- It was planned for them to come over. But they just showed up at the perfect time. Um, he thought it was a flop. I thought he threw off his equilibrium. It Johnny Walker, after the fight, said something went wrong and went to sleep. It's on to the neck, so, you know, he's not making excuses. He just got hit in that spot. It was, like, right at the top of the temple. And then when he was on the cage, his head's like this against the cage. If this hand's the cage, this is his head. He got hit with a nasty, nasty shot while he was down and already out by Jamal Hill. So, sweet dreams, Jamal Hill is still grinding only loss i think is to paul craig and it was a weird elbow dislocation um what's next for him i mean give him a top 10 guy don't make him rematch paul craig of course because that's just a weird matchup and not a good one for jamal hill if you're trying to build him up don't put him against paul craig because paul craig will probably beat him again um i'd like to see him fight Dominic Reyes would be a fun matchup for him. Dominic Reyes has a chin. I know he got slept by Yuri, but Yuri sleeps. He sleeps a lot of people, and he's got some insane weird striking. Dominic Reyes is a warrior. He'd be a fun matchup. They're talking about um, Ozdenik. I don't want to see that. Ozdenik's out of the game pretty much. I mean, he's not top contender anymore. Anthony Smith. Anthony Smith would probably have trouble on the feet with him. But the guy's so experienced, he would probably know what to do. He's kind of someone that will stifle any up-and-comer. You see what he did to Ryan Spawn. Um, knocked him out real quick. Oh, um, Devin. I forget the guy's name. But Anthony Smith is not going to lose to an up-and-comer. He'll probably submit Jamal Hill. So give him Dominic Reyes. In the next fight, that'd be awesome to see. Um, yeah, I think that's something the fans would love to see because Dominic Reyes goes out there, puts on wars, and he's not afraid to get knocked out. And Jamal Hill, he's got the striking. I think he's gotten outstruck, not in his, maybe in his last two fights and got the knockout. I mean, dude's, dude's a beast. Dude's a beast. All right. All I got to say about that. All I got to say.
Bellator 274, Gracie versus Storley. Um, it had some exciting goodness. Goodness, goodness, goodness. These burps just keep on coming. Must be the beer or something. Um, exciting fights on the card. Um, what's his name? Brennan Ward. Guy almost had five years off, and he comes back. Looked super impressive. Gets the TKO victory. Um, he's going to be making a title push in whatever weight class he's fighting at. I should have probably should have probably researched that before. I usually try to be pretty researched on this shit, but wasn't wasn't on that. Um, and then what's the guy's name? I'm sorry. Burps burps out the bee boo. Um Andre Andre Koreshkov. He hit a spinning back kick to the body and it was right here like where your upper ribs and your lower ribs connect and it looked like it pushed the guy's entire body in and when he landed it you knew it was over the guy bent over it was done over with kaput um yeah that was super cool to see you see a lot of spinning not a lot but spinning back kick head knockouts not body stoppages um, so that was super cool to see on a Bellator card, something you weren't expecting. One of those things, you know, I say they throw trash cans up there and then they, sometimes there's some interesting fights on it. Um, so that was awesome. It really was. The guy broke five ribs, five ribs, and they were upper ribs. They weren't these little floaters down here that got cracked. So I'm sure that didn't feel good at all. And then on to the main event of the Bellator card, Storley versus Gracie. Logan Storley versus Neiman Gracie. Um, first three rounds, I thought it went to uh, Logan Storley pretty handily. Just kind of dominated the fight. And then round four, Neiman Gracie goes out there and he shows some warrior spirit. He's putting it on Storley. Storley's putting it on him. They're both fighting back and forth, both super gassed at this point. And they're just landing bombs on each other, moving forward. And then round five, same thing. Bombs on each other, moving forward. They both super exhausted. Storley looked more tired, but also looked like he was doing a lot of damage. Um, all three judges, I think, had different scorecards, but all three scored it for Storley. So Storley got the victory. Um, he looked great in the fight. Neiman Gracie's a tough guy to beat, you know, an original Gracie family jiu-jitsu artist, and he's got great striking. I hear that he hits like a fucking Mack truck. So awesome to see Logan Storley get that victory. I'd like to see him fight uh, Yanislav Amosov, I think is his name, Yamaslav, the guy that he has a split decision victory against or split decision loss against and is the current champion at the middleweight division in Bellator. Um, I think it might be welterweight. Who, who fucking knows? Um, now I want to look it up, but I'm not going to. Should have wrote this shit down. Should have. Don't worry about me. Um, yeah, but Storley has a split decision loss against Amosov. Amosov's fighting 
Michael Benham Page next, and then probably probably Jason J- Jackson, who's another. He's number three in Bellator. Storley's probably going to move up to four after that win because that's where Naaman Gracie was, and he's he's. Storley versus Jackson would be a good contender fight for the winner of Michael Venom Page versus Amosov. I think Amosov will probably take that just because Venom Page, not that, I mean, he's kind of like an Israel Adesanya mixed with Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Not saying he's those two put together because that would be an insane fighter, but he doesn't get taken down that much. Um, he has great striking. He does the touch karate fighting kind of thing like Stephen Wonderboy Thompson but with a little more power I don't know that fight will be fun to see but we're not going to get into that right now we're getting a little off topic Storley pulls off the unanimous decision against Neiman Gracie and that's what we need to talk about and he needs to fight Amosov soon maybe one more fight and he gets Amosov alright and then on to the the bloodiest sport on the show today, um, Bare Knuckle Fight Club, Knuckle Mania 2. Last show I said it seemed a little corny. I want to take that back. It reminds me of old school WWE mixed with some realism, and I love the production of it. I love the way they talk about it. They got a lot of people talking. They do good interviews. The interviews remind me of like UFC interviews. The, uh, the promos remind me of WWE type promos. They all hate each other, which, you know, they probably tell them, you hate this person because it's going to sell fucking tickets, and it does. I wouldn't have bought it if Chad Mendez and Mike Perry, actually, I, I wouldn't have even bought it if Mike Perry and Julian Lane weren't talking shit. That, that's what sold me on it. So, I'm loving Bare Knuckle Fight Club right now. So much action, fists flying, people nonstop. The two-minute rounds gives them a lot more energy. Five five rounds, two-minute rounds. It's awesome to see. Uh, yeah, I hope this keeps going. I hope that I'd love to work with Bare Knuckle Fight Club. I mean, they're, they're on the up and up. So check out the prelims if you haven't yet. The prelims, the whole card was, it was only three fights. It was fucking awesome. Dude got knocked out with a headshot in the fourth round. Um, and that's after the guy that got knocked out dropped the other dude in the first round. So that was fun to see. Um, next fight was a, I think it was a decision, unanimous decision. But the one after that, it was a back and forth battle. And then some guy gets uh, knocked out stopped i should say with a body shot it was a nasty body shot i think it was a right or left hook to the liver and then you go on to the main card it was just uh ulysses diaz he goes on there he gets dropped in round one comes back round two and finishes the fight in one minute of round two i mean it was fun as fuck to watch fists flying blood going everywhere if you like brutality if you like combat if you like watching people beat the shit out of each other bare knuckle fight club is for you knuckle mania 2 was amazing um the fights that people obviously want to hear about chad mendez he fought famas who last last uh show i thought famas was just his last name no this guy's a boxer and an r&b and rapper and 
Fames, he looked... Not even going to talk about how Fames looked. Chad Mendez looked amazing. I think he's juicing. He looks juicy. Like Biggie Smalls, you know, that juicy song. And who cares? It's bare knuckle. It's fucking all out. Balls to the wall. Chad Mendez looked amazing. He looks like he's taking the sport serious. It's a fourth round knockout. He was dropping the guy the whole entire fight. Um, the guy has some professional boxing wins. I think he's done some shit in the BKFC. But Chad Mendez looked fucking awesome. And then Mike Perry versus Julian Let Me Bang Lane. Um, it starts off, Mike Perry's fucking him up. I think he drops him in round one or two. And he looked great. He's just laying in shots. But they're both bloody by round two. Bloody as shit. Lane's got a cut right here. Perry's got a cut like right here. They're both covered in scar tissue because they just, they're bangers. And it was a war from there on out. Perry ended up winning it 48-46. But man, it was fun as shit to see. Um, seriously, if you're not subscribed to Bare Knuckle Fight Club, that and UFC Fight Pass are probably my two favorite subscriptions right now. I'm also an MMA and combat sport junkie, so it's different. I know a lot of people are big into Hulu and Disney Plus and Netflix and Amazon Prime and all that fun shit. BKFC. Download the app, $4.99 a month. You get all their live events. They got another one coming up in March that's somehow in New York City who's commissioning this. That's going to be awesome. Johnny Bedford, former UFC fighter. He was a finalist on The Ultimate Fighter. He's fighting. He's the champion in BKFC right now. I don't know who he's fighting. But, yeah, BKFC is just doing their shit. They're looking great. I would... I would recommend watching it. I mean, there there are so many great fights. I just it's hard to talk about. Fists fly nonstop in these fights. The women fights, they're nonstop fist fisticuffs. It's just people and they all hate each other, so they try to beat the shit out of each other. It's awesome. I don't know what else to say other than BKFC is the real fucking deal. I hope they get more events on and can do some more serious shit because BKFC is looking good. Prime, prime for taking over a market. I wish Lathway would kind of get in with BKFC. Lathway is pretty much uh, Muay Thai. You know, you got the eight limbs in Muay Thai. Lathway is nine limbs. You use your head also, and it's fucking nasty. Um, yeah, a Canadian's the best Lathway artist right now. Just, if you ever get the chance, L-E-T-H-W-E-I, Lathway, check it out. It's fucking awesome. Bare Knuckle gets me thinking about this. Anyways, that's all we have from this weekend. So we're going to do the rundown real quick, and then we're going to finish this show up, and we're going to chug this fucking brewski. So, news from MMA this weekend. This week, actually, from the last time I seen you. Corey Anderson versus Vadim Nemkov. That's booked for UFC 277. The uh, the final match in the light heavyweight Grand Prix for Bellator. And 
I think that Corey Anderson's taken it. I think that he was not quite the upper echelon of the UFC, but he's probably the best of Bellator. Nemkov's a beast, though. He's got good wrestling, really good stand-up. He's Fedor's pupil. He's Fedor's prodigy. We'll see how it goes. That's going to be a fun fight. Also on that card is AJ McKee versus Patricio Pitbull Ferreri. Um, so they're rematching. AJ McKee choked out Ferrari pretty quick in the first round of their last fight, and they're fighting again. Ferrari wants his belt back. Fieri Pitbull, we'll call him Pitbull because I can't pronounce that shit with an F R I E R E. Yeah, Pitbull wants his belt back against AJ McKee. AJ McKee is the real fucking deal, and so is Pitbull. See how it goes. That's going to be an amazing card. Bellator 277. And then Bellator has been dropping a lot of news this week um, as far as fights go because, I mean, good timing because UFC's not dropping a lot of news right now. So they got uh, Leota Machida versus. Hold up. Fabian Edwards for uh, Bellator 275. I think it's in London or Ireland or something. That'll be a fun matchup. Probably Leota's last matchup in Bellator. So we'll see how that goes. And then as far as UFC news does go, we don't have a lot of confirmed shit right now other than what I've already gone over in the past. But Michael Chandler versus Tony Ferguson seems super close to happening. I hope it does. Um, I'd like... That's one of those fights you don't want either guys to lose. They're both on kind of skids. Um, Ferguson needs the win. Chandler has been fighting the top, top dogs, so he doesn't need the win. It's just... You want to see them both win? I don't know. I don't fucking know. Who does know? Dana White. Sean Shelby. Mick Maynard. Alrighty. Goodness fucking gracious I appreciate everybody that's tuned in for the whole show or even part of it and just skip skim through um, that's all we have for you this this episode of blood and beer episode 9 episode 10 will be uploaded Wednesday we'll be just talking about the, the upcoming cards for the next weekend I know that we have UFC fight night 202 I think it is and it's going to be Makachev versus Bobby Green I want to say yeah Makachev versus Bobby Green. Um, and there's some other shit going on I can't think of off the top of my head. But tune in Wednesday. If there's not other shit going on, we'll find other shit to talk about. Because MMA, boxing, all that shit. Oh yeah, my boxing thing. Uh, Amir Khan got knocked the fuck out again. So that's all for boxing. But yeah, we'll find something else to talk about on the next episode. We'll see you then. Thank you for tuning in. This has been Matt with Blood and Beer, and I love you.